Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Friday, February 24th, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. Hey guys. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, everybody. Not in the central lockup uh, <laughs> in New Orleans today. Raise your hand. Oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get a lot of feedback from you guys on my video from Saturday. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. I saw it. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. <laughs> my son actually took it. It's not my video, but oh, I can't wait. Apparently, to see it. when I arrived back uh, late Saturday, yeah, after reveling it, in the Mardi Gras, it looked like I got approximately one item of clothing off oh. per like two steps that yeah. I took toward uh, the stairs yeah. and my bedroom, and so. Uh, there's a video of my son just following my trail of clothing oh, all the way up to the we room need- and then opening the bedroom where I am passed out on the bed. My glasses are still on Mark and, uh, and my dog is laying by my side and my dog just kind of lifts his head up. And hey, now himself. we're going to make that bitch go viral. <laughs> Y'all get to see Mike Agravina. <laughs> yeah. In my, uh, in in my, in my best, uh, my uh, best look. In your best Mardi Gras. Look. Yeah. Comatose. <laughs> You're allowed that that happens in Louisiana during Mardi Gras. That's right. Well, I got an invite. I'm going to ride next year. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah. Hopefully, I'm going to ride next year. Right. We'll see how that goes. My wife rode in. Uh, what she rode Iris. in Iris. Yeah. Uh, which she loved. I yeah. caught lots of beads. She caught a big pile of beads right on the head. Oh yeah. That wasn't good. I used to uh, when I rode in the crew in Lafayette. I did it inside the Cajun Dome. I would. I would throw beads at people and leave welts on them. <laughs> I, by the way, I saved Peyton Manning's face on Saturday. Yeah. Did you a, save a, a big, thick uh, necklace was coming. You know, those big round beads was coming right at his face. He didn't see it coming. And I was below and to the right of him. And I leaped up and across and got my right hand on the beads and, and, uh, and picked it off. Well, I got a half a thank you out of them. You should well, be so. getting an NFL contract. <laughs> yeah, I can run up like a 14-4-40. Is, that, is right. that good? Yeah. 
So I want to tell you all this real quick. This is totally unscripted. We didn't plan on bringing you this, but uh, many of you, especially if you're in the Louisiana area, are familiar with Dustin Poirier, uh, UFC champion. Uh, he was in the town of Youngsville, which which he's I believe he's from Youngsville, which is right outside of Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah, shout out to all the good cracklings of Boudin off that exit. Yeah, so he was the king of that particular Mardi Gras parade this past weekend. And if you're familiar, I know a lot of you are familiar with Conor McGregor. Uh, he actually fought Conor McGregor and beat his ass twice last year. And uh, one of the things McGregor had said to him after he was laying on the ground after being knocked out was, hey, but your wife still ends up in my DMs all the time. And <laughs> really, <laughs> and only Conor McGregor style, which right. apparently his wife was DMing Conor McGregor. At least he was accusing her of doing that. So a guy thought it would be funny to make a sign that said, hey, get your wife out of my DMs and hold it up. As Poirier was going down the Mardi Gras uh, round. So Poirier sees this and he has a bead and he acts like he's going to high five the guy. And he says, hey, man, come here, get your bead. The guy walks up and this guy's big now. He's a big built guy. He walks up to get the bead and Poirier smacks him. Really? I mean, yeah, slaps the shit out of him. Oh, <laughs> the guy, and, the, and the truck keeps going, you know, as he's going down the road. Now, if you're interested in checking that out, there's YouTube videos on it because somebody was videoing it with their cell phone and they were right there. Yeah. So, uh, Poirier is about to write. Yeah. So, yeah, you never know what you'll see at Mardi Gras. You saw yeah. a UFC fighter smack the piss out of that's somebody. A, that's a freaking Will Smith move. Come <laughs> on. Right. I mean, he just slaps on the. the I'm surprised. Boy. I bet that guy's out getting a lot of sympathy across his own social for taking that slap. <laughs> yeah. It, it was uh, something to be seen. So, just a little news for you. We didn't even plan on bringing folks. All right, y'all. So, Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Uh, we've been keeping you updated on the Madison Brooks case and, and those who are charged in it. Um, one of the things that just came out was that a grand jury on Wednesday, February 22nd, indicted a teen on two counts of rape in the Madison Brooks case, and the court has released his name. Now, y'all, normally they don't release teenagers' names, but they're uh, – charging him as an adult. So court documents show that Desmond Carter, 17 years of age, of Walker, Louisiana, has formally been charged with first-degree rape and third-degree rape of Brooks on January 15th. His picture has not yet been released, but the grand jury chose not to indict Carter on the charge of kidnapping. Real quick on that, I, I, don't, I can't fathom. Uh, Jim and I and Mike were talking about it ahead of time why he's charged with two counts of rape. Now, the first-degree rape, in my time, was uh, it was named aggravated rape. They changed it to first-degree rape since. That's a mandatory life in prison without probation or parole, so you know that charge is going to trial. The third-degree rape, I have no idea unless uh, why they charged him with two, unless uh, he held her down or something while another person had sex, and that's purely speculation. So, I mean, anyway, I just thought it was interesting and want to keep you updated on that. I want to throw another thing out there to you, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, but unfiltered with Karen, uh, with Karen, our friend, Karen Chala, um, believe it or not. And this is, a, you know, 
LOPA or Louisiana, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency is Real Life Real Crimes Jam. We've always supported and raised money for them. But believe it or not, Madison Brooks, y'all uh, became an organ donor. And, you know, because she was still alive when they got out of the hospital. And LOPA comes in, they take care of these families, and they help them make the toughest decision ever. But they take care of them afterwards. But check this out. the There was a foundation that was started um, for Madison Brooks. And they are going to start running a billboard promoting Madison's foundation, which supports uh, organ donation, right? And it was supposed to start on March the 1st. Uh, it's in New York Times Square. It was supposed to start on Mar- March the 1st, but they were able to finish the commercial early. And it said Brooks's mother and the director of Madison Brooks Foundation um, Ashley Balstart. So they're going to have it start running today. And big things are happening and unfolding. Her legacy and her life will be honored for everything she believed in. I think it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, yeah. and y'all can go check out Unfiltered on Karen Charlotte to read the rest of it. There's a lot more to it. I think it's a beautiful thing that comes out, came out of a horrible tragedy. Um, Desmond Carter. 17 years old, and you now know the third person charged. Wow. Now, right. separate grand jury again. We'll look at this yes, versus— absolutely. Okay. Each each defendant will have their own grand jury. Right. And I did want to mention that we linked the LOPA, or, or excuse me, Madison Brooks uh, Foundation to our new Facebook right. Page for real life, real crime daily. So you can go there if you're interested in checking that out. And yeah, yeah, it's just a big deal. Um, out of a tragedy, hopefully someone else will get to live. And there's mm-hmm. an ad on one of those spectaculars in Times Square. Today? Yes, yes, wow. it's going to run 20 hours a day, uh, not the whole time, but however yeah, no, long I, that yeah, is yeah. for 20 hours a on day loop. or wow. three months. Wow. Can you believe that? And, the, and, and For three months? Three months. Those things are unbelievably that, expensive. Exactly. Because it's, of the eyeballs that uh, that got, they capture where, got, uh, where they are. Those are the most expensive outdoor placements yeah. in the country. Yeah. And you can't buy them more expensive. The, and they're all spectaculars. They're not traditional and, size outdoor. Right. Ads. And so this foundation, I'm sure, is a nonprofit. But I know the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, yes. who is vital in setting up helping them set up the foundation and um, her being a hero because she is a hero for or her family being the heroes. If they had to make the decision on, on the organ donation, that being up in New York times square for that long, it just promoting organ donation awareness. You'll never know how many thousands of lives. You know, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And I believe iHeart owns the Spectacolor used to be the name of that company. I I think iHeart owns those placements. So it sounds like they probably donated. I've been there. I mean, it's got to be that big one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a it's it's kind of a whole uh, triangular looking bunch of different Uh, place, different sizes, different capabilities. I mean, it's it's really a uh, state of the art outdoor. A anyway, digital experience. So that's a beautiful thing, y'all. And maybe uh, when that ad starts running, we'll we'll maybe we can post a link to it or something, Jim. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. All right. God bless you, Madison Brooks. All right. So everybody out there has their first real life real crime daily homework assignment, which is everybody has to watch the Netflix series 
Murdaugh murders a Southern scandal, which just dropped yesterday. Jim apparently did not go to sleep last night because he was up watching it all night (laughs) and uh, is is crazy busy ruining all the surprises for me a few minutes ago. But uh, but we will we will devote for next Wednesday's show. So you guys have a uh, five six days to uh, to binge. Uh, for everybody to get up to speed on it, but we will uh, we will bring you full uh, review of the uh, of the series. Speaking of the Murdaugh scandal, this week has been the defense's opportunity to tell their side of the story. Do you believe that he's actually going to take the stand today? I, I mean, they got to be so desperate right. to pull. Probably something. have nothing to lose. I mean, they are desperate. I mean, if the defense yeah. is. Honest, and you know that. Uh, did you see the Haputlian pulling the? Look like he was yeah, pointing the gun. gun at did the- you see that? He pointed at the prosecutor, <laughs> said "tempting" or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna put tempted. that bitch in jail for I aggravated assault. I bet that's never been done. I mean, in Louisiana, the assault <laughs> is the threat, and everywhere else it's the battery. But the aggravated assault. I, if I was a prosecutor, I'd have locked. And his he was ass handed up. the gun by Alec Baldwin. In the, yeah, in the no courtroom. Shit. I'm so, not even you talking know, about I mean, that dude's charges being dropped <laughs> so, down. I already knew that. So bad. I, you know, look, the only real uh, material thing, and I don't even know if it qualifies as material, but we we got to see Buster Murdaugh up close and personal this Buster. week as Buster took the stand to Buster, more or less defend uh, his father Murdoch. and help support this narrative that the defense is desperately trying to advance that, you know, this was the all-American family that yeah. was, uh, you know, incredibly tight, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. So let's see how that works out for you, Buster. And and that's, you know, that narrative uh, is, you know, the attorneys are insisting that he was a doting father and a great husband. Uh, he was visiting his ailing mother when yeah. uh, at the time of the murders, which, you know, I think we... We've all done the, uh, the, right. the the mobile phone evidence uh, timelines, the trip to mom's, mom's caretaker saying, you weren't here 40 minutes, you were here 20 minutes. Right. And uh, and by the way, you uh, you had the, uh, the tarp slash raincoat. I mean, it, it just, I don't know what he has to lose at this point right. in taking the stand. So if he could somehow splain. Splain yeah, <laughs> that. Anything here, but, uh, but. Uh, Buster, you know, helped his helped the defense to whatever degree uh, they could they could be helped. He uh, he came off, I think, as genuine. He was fighting tears. This is all on uh, on Tuesday. He um, uh, he replayed what happened when his dad made the, the call to him to tell him that his mother and brother were uh, had been shot. Right. And uh, uh, he was not asked. About his father's guilt or innocence, which right, is let me tell you what what that is. This that is a courtroom tactic. When you have twelve jurors sitting up there, you're throwing shit at the wall, hoping some sticks, and they're throwing this kid's emotions up there and hoping one of those parents or or you know whatever on the jury has a little sympathy for him and votes to acquit. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me know how it works out for you, Here's how Buster. bold I am on the acquittal at this point. Yeah. Uh, if if Murdaugh is acquitted in this trial, um, well, and 
I would say that Vanderbilt has a better chance of winning the NCAA football championship was, next year than Murdaugh has of winning, uh, of being acquitted here. But, say, like, so that would be a 0% chance. Wait, wait. But let's, <laughs> For those non-Commodore fans. I just came up with a way we can get super, super rich. I bet you there are Vegas odds on guilty or not guilty. So if it's like twenty million, twenty-seven million to one, we just mortgage Mike's house and, 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 and we'll bet thirty million and it's, we'll it's win it like three hundred bucks. Yeah, three hundred bucks. That's yeah. right. Those are Vandy's odds, I think. His ass, are, yeah, right. His ass but, is going to prison. Well, period. If somehow he was that lucky, he still has all of these financial yeah, crimes and. You know, it's um, uh, my prediction. It's over. It's like Mr. T and Rocky three prediction pain. He's going to kill himself. I'm not advocating it. He's not very good at doing that. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Problem this he's over for one. He's over one life. He'll be in a cell it. by himself with a sheet. Oh, and uh, hopefully yeah. he can tie a knot. Uh, he'll, he'll probably recruit a better. I'm not saying advocating suicide, time, but, but yeah, whatever. Oh, Lord. Well, uh, in hell in, or jail doesn't matter. In, in Canada, it's like the number two uh, uh, killer of people age 55. You know, that you, you, euthanasia is legal in, in Canada. Really? So you could just say, hey, we had a bad show Wednesday. That's it. That's it. And boom, and you're well, fine. Wait, what does that do for life insurance policies? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm no. going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take have out. To, have to look that I'm going to take out 100. I'm going to borrow some Mike's house money and take out an insurance policy <laughs> it, it in my probably, life. It probably means a lot of companies <laughs> won't write policies for yeah, Canadian, right? yeah. Canadian citizens. So yeah. uh, so that is uh, that is your homework assignment. Watch the Netflix series, and, uh, and we'll have some fun with it uh, next week. And uh, the defense is saying they're going to wrap up here in the next couple of days. And so far they haven't brought anything to the table that – uh, I think in any way should influence the uh, the verdict here. Except for the firearm they pointed at the prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> that Alec Baldwin handed to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Au revoir. Au revoir. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Alright, All right, back to a little bit more of uh, Mardi Gras news. A New York convicted sex offender was arrested along a parade route selling, you guessed it, candy. <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. Morgan City police officers stopped a vendor during Mardi Gras on Monday, February 20th, and they asked if he had the proper permits to be selling not only novelty items, but candy. And no, we don't know what those novelty items were, but we'll let your uh, imagination run wild. It was Mardi Gras, after all. Uh, At first, officials said the man uh, gave him a false name, but eventually he was identified as Thomas Duvall. Police said he did not have a permit, which is required to sell along any Mardi Gras parade route. Now, officers run his name, and Duvall came back to be a convicted sex offender out of the state of New York. That's a problem. Louisiana law prohibits him from distributing anything to children during holidays or special events like Mardi Gras. Officers contacted the St. Mary Parish Sheriff's Office Sex Offender Division because Duvall told officers he was now living in Patterson, Louisiana. Investigators verified information that he was a three-tier sex offender out of New York that failed to register with the St. Mary Parish Sheriff's Office as required by law when he moved to Patterson. He also was not allowed to sell or distribute candy or gifts on Halloween or really any other public holiday such as Mardi Gras. So Duvall was arrested. He was transported to the Morgan City Jail, and he's charged with distributing candy or gifts on Halloween and other public holidays by sex offenders. Who knew that was even a charge? What what kind of, what does that carry? Yeah, apparently it doesn't say, but I would imagine a pretty uh, lengthy sentence. Hopefully the Morgan City Jail before they shipped him to St. Mary's Jail where he's going to be housed. Hopefully, the Morgan City Jail and at the St. Mary's Jail, somebody's listening to our show, and they give them a little candy of their own. Yeah. Sex offenders. Everybody loves a sex offender in jail, right? Yeah. And a, little, I mean, a little Charleston chew to the— Or a little strawberry jelly for tossing salads or whatever. You got to make do what you have to do. What's it said? Three tier? What? What? It was a, that's three tier. That's in New York, Mike. You should know that answer. <laughs> I never, I never got past the first tier, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what the third tier. is. I'm sure that's pretty serious. Yeah, it's it's definitely more serious than the first tier, second yeah. tier. There's no doubt about that. It can't be good. There's yeah. no doubt. And the fact that he was selling candy is just so. How did he get? I, I saw. I saw so in just one uh, spin. Uh, a round of your body, you would see at least, I don't know, five, six crimes being committed at any point. Oh, in time. I, yeah. How, yeah. Did, how did this guy get caught? Yeah, uh, that's right. that's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he was eye jamming some. <laughs> that might have been yeah. the situation. Yeah. They may be creeping some people out yeah. and. And they said, hey, you need to watch this guy. Maybe he's snapping pictures with his cell phone. That's right. So 
Uh, we continue on with uh, with even more news in Florida. There was a Florida coach who allegedly filmed sex acts oh, between God. two teens, told the girls he liked minors. Now, uh, sports coaches accused of filming them, uh, engaging actually in sex acts. On Monday, Uneski Martinez, 37 of Weston, was arrested on charges including offenses against students by an authority figure, solicitation of a child to engage in an act that constitutes sexual battery by a custodial authority and promoting a sexual performance by a child, according to the city of Doral police department. Ramirez Martinez was a part-time security monitor and sports coach at a upper school calling the coach extremely dangerous. The police chief Edwin Lopez said, this is somebody who's victimizing students, Praying on them, taking advantage of the students, calling the coach extremely dangerous. Doyle Police Chief. Boom. Fuck, I did it again. Calling the coach extremely dangerous. Doral Police Chief Edwin Lopez said, This is someone who's victimizing students, who's preying on them, taking advantage of them, hormonally dealing with the pressure of social media, the pressure of different relationships. You're an authority figure in the school. You're supposed to coach, you're supposed to mentor, you're supposed to guide these young men and women into the next phase of life, and you're taking advantage of them. For us, it gets no worse than that. Now, what did he do on February 14th, Valentine's Day? Ramirez Martinez allegedly approached two students at the school and asked the female student if she was going to perform oral sex on the other student. According to the police report, he said he could take them to a private room. So, hey, they could do whatever they want. He allegedly took the teens into a TV production room and told them they could do it while he waited in an adjacent room, which had a two-way window. Now, video from the room allegedly showed Ramirez Martinez filming the teens on his phone through through the window as one of the teens performs a sex act on the other. The subject then entered the adjacent room, gave juvenile two a fist bump, and then encouraged both individuals not to fall in love because they are too young. Oh, my God. He allegedly approached the female student the next day and said he saw what she had done with the other student and wanted her to do that to him. When she asked him if he understood that she was under 18, he said, yeah, I understand that. And that he likes minors like her. She said no, but he allegedly continued to ask her to perform the sex act on him. He then threatened her, saying he would tell the other teen that they were having sex if she didn't have sex with him. On February 17th, the teen told the principal what had happened, and the principal called the Doral police. Mr. Ramirez was immediately terminated as an employee with the downtown Doral Charter Upper School and has not been on school grounds since the initial report. He was arrested and taken to the Turner Say that again? Guilford. He was arrested and taken to the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center where he remains held on a $40,000 bond. If you're at that correctional center and you're a fan of Real Life Real Crime Daily, just like the asshole from Chester Molester on the parade route, please uh, show this pedophile some love. Not in a good way. Well, get this, Woody, because I know you're a big fan. Yes, I am. Ron Jeremy was declared mentally incompetent. 
we just we just spoke about Ron uh, in an episode last week, where I think you said he was a Hollywood D lister, and I correctly pointed out that if he you would didn't, be an A lister. If you didn't listen last week, you just said Ron Jeremy. He was probably the greatest known porn star of the seventies and early eighties. Star period. Star. Hey, you know what they call a star that graduates to the bottom of his class? A star. Could you, could you imagine? Your, so you're a female. You're a female porn star. You're meeting with the casting people. You're, you're, you know, you're finding out what your deal is, and then you know you're. You could have some, you know, stud like Jim Chapman that's going to play right, opposite, right. opposite you, and all of a sudden they and, hand uh, you the sheet, and wait, you wait. see it's Ron Jeremy. Yeah, Ron Jeremy and Jim, Jim Chapman would be. Absolute opposites because Ron Jeremy has more hair on his back than Jim has on his entire body. <laughs> you got that right. But that you talk right. about the or double had. double whammy. You can't you can't yeah. look at the guy because he's a pretty scary creature, and then oh, you don't want to look down and you know see that war club that's about to right. do right. some right. serious damage. So, third leg. Yeah. Anyway, but he's apparently. I don't know about your that, that, that comparison. That, that would be both of us. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's going to be out of commission for a little while. And Woody, I know you're going to be upset to learn this, yes, but a, and a Los Angeles judge declared that the porn performer is mentally incompetent to stand trial on the dozens of rape and sexual assault counts that he's charged with. Yeah. Right? So this is Superior Court Judge Ronald S. Harris. And he said in a hearing after reviewing reports from both prosecutors and Jeremy's defense that he has, quote, incurable neurocognitive decline from which he is unlikely to recover. Prosecutors asked that he be periodically reevaluated. So there, I guess, is a chance moving forward that he will be found uh, not uh, neuro, not to be in neurocognitive decline, but doubt that. Uh, a hearing on placing the now 69-year-old uh, Jeremy uh, is uh, – whose legal name, by the way, is Ronald Hyatt. Ron Jeremy Ronald. I think Ronald Hyatt would have been yeah, possibly get, a better get, porn name than Ron Jeremy. Yeah. But um, but uh, but that hearing on his placement will be held in a few weeks. So he's going to be put in a state hospital. He pled not guilty after grand jury indicted him on 34 counts of sexual assault, including 12 counts of rape, and uh, was planning on at least – apparently was planning, you know, pled not guilty and his uh, lawyers were planning on defending him when he was arrested two years ago. I said that he would be found innocent of all charges is what Stuart Goldfarb, his attorney said two years have passed. And with the additional discovery I received, I believe he would have been found innocent. It is unfortunate, unfortunate due to mental condition. He will not go to trial and have the opportunity to clear his name. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I have something to say. <laughs> Jeremy has remained in jail since his, his arrest in, in 2020. I know Woody's over there Googling listen, stuff, looking at pictures. Listen. I know. I know. First is, of all, you're going to see the pictures. No, but he looks uh, better. He looks better. That's arguably okay, better than okay, he ever yeah, looked. Yeah, but you have a, well, you, you got to hear this shit because I just looked this up. You want to, you know, his name, you're right, it was Ronald Jeremy Hyatt, right? Born March 12th, 1953 in Queens, New York. But if you want to know what some of his other names are, RJ, that's okay. David Elliott, not bad. Big Daddy. Wait, 
and the Hedgehog. Big Daddy. <laughs> the Hedgehog. Yeah, he should have just gone by the Nick Hedgehog. Nick Hedgehog. Been- He's listed as one of the 50 top porn stars of all time, people. Put that in your spike bank. 50? Go look up top 50. 50? He's got to be top 10. How did, well, I don't know. Who are the 49 I mean, in front? There's a lot more after uh, maybe they're more popular. But I would maybe we can put a link up to these photos because they are fucking disturbing. The way he did then, the way he looked then was disturbing. The way he looked now, the hedgehog. We'll definitely put that on. Hedgehog uh, really Facebook. looks bad. Well, the, the hedgehog has been among the best known and most prolific actors in the porn industry for decades. Right. And he became a recognizable pop cultural novelty through reality shows, public appearances, and music videos. So he has stayed out there while he was starting to lose his uh, mental capacities. He's long been a magnet for seekers of autographs and selfies, which is how he first encountered most of the women and girls aged 15 to 51. He's accused of assaulting between the 1990s all the way to 2019. According to transcripts of the grand jury testimony from women and girls obtained by the Associated Press, Jeremy is accused of luring them into small secluded spaces, often the bathroom of a West Hollywood bar and grill that he frequents. He trapped them in there and sexually assault them there, allegedly. This leaves a couple of obvious questions. Woody. Woody now is showing me video. Stop. Put that away. I can only. But here are my obvious questions. Pay attention to my questions. They're important. Okay. When the big head, when the big head goes incompetent, does the small head go incompetent? I don't know. My my shit has it. Brain of a son wakes up half hour before I do, so I can't. I can't <laughs> right, so they're going to put him in a state <laughs> hospital, right? So well, if they, he gets put in a co-ed state hospital, maybe no, he'll I mean, be able to maybe that, hang that, out the, the, the with ju- ladies. The judge should order a chastity belt or something. Uh, I don't know what kind it's gonna of have thing. to be a big one. Look, I, hey, I know all those listeners out there were looking it up news of. Uh, Ron Jeremy Newton, I just did it. I am re officially a scarred for life. It's good. If you look that up. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not putting that on the back. Better than yeah, no, we're not going to share that on the feed, but I know y'all are looking it up. Holy shit. Look at that one. <laughs> God. Right. I'm not looking. I had a black lab that could do that same thing. <laughs> I did have a black lab. Googling that same shit. Thing. Um, yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> that's enough on, on Ron Jeremy. Although, I seriously, they can't put him in a co-ed place. No, they can't. I don't know. Shit, he might have done gay shit, too. We don't know. Not, no, the crimes not, are all against women. That guy wasn't gay. The guy I'm was saying, all, hey, 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 it was I the I It was about as ungay as, as... Or bisexual. I don't think he... Golden age of porn. I don't think he did yeah. any of that. I just think they've got to... If they're putting him in know. a hospital, they got to figure out a way he's not going to get near any, any yeah, ladies. I locked that motherfucker up. Wow. Okay. So from the ridiculous to <laughs> Can't unsee that. still impressive, right? From the ridiculous to the to the very serious. To this is idea. this is a really really sad story. Uh, I mean, crazy sad story. So there's this woman in Michigan who uh, was adopted, and she made it her life's mission, as many uh, adopted children later in life seem to do, uh, to try and locate. Uh, her biological mother or find out at least the fate of her biological mother. And sadly, she learned that her biological mother was murdered 
by two notorious California serial killers in the mid-1980s. That's about as bad an end to uh, a mission to try and find your long-lost mother as, as there can be. Uh, her name is, is Cheryl Giant. Her mission was to know her mother, uh, and it began when she was 10 years old. So she's been looking uh, since she found out from her grandmother that she was adopted at age 10. She said, I was dealing with that internally, and it was such a struggle. Uh, she wrote a book about it called A Letter from Sherry. Uh, she didn't want to ask her adoptive parents because she loved them a lot, and she didn't want to hurt uh, their feelings or offend them in any way. She said, I remember being little and being at the grocery store with my mom and just looking around at people, looking at women, and saying to myself, I wonder if that's my mom. Um, authorities found and recovered her mother, Cheryl Okoro's remains, including a neck bone and three leg bones at a rural Wiseleyville, California property at the base of the Sierra Nevada mountains. The serial killers that, uh, and I'd never heard of these guys. Maybe you guys have. They apparently operated together a Leonard Lake and Charles Ng it's not the um, Hillside Stranglers, is it? No, I don't believe so. No, because um, they were related, weren't they? Were yeah, they were like cousins or something. Yeah, so these guys, uh, and this is a different area. So uh, they they tortured and killed as many as 25 women, men, and babies they abducted oh, in the mid-1980s as part in. of a six-year-old killer fantasy. The killers hid and attempted to burn victims' bodies on this property where they found uh, some of her, her mother's remains. So Lake and Ng also hid some of the victims in a bunker uh, near that property. Uh, Lake had a fantasy of holding women captive, some for as much as 20 years before he carried out the crimes. Uh, an investigation in the crimes lasted nearly five weeks, according to court documents, during which time investigators discovered the thousands of bone and tooth fragments buried throughout their property. So. A, um, a the um, crimes of the century yeah, series on these uh, guys. We absolutely. need to figure out more about yeah, these we, guys. We so, so the so her her mother, uh, whose last name was Okoro, Cheryl Okoro, had three daughters before she died at age twenty six, including uh, Giant, who was adopted by uh, a Grand Rapids, Michigan couple in the in the nineteen seventies. So she finally learned about her mother's fate in two thousand and two, uh, uh, and has been. You know, in pursuit of justice on behalf of her mother ever since then. And so that. sad story sad, out of story. Michigan. All those people, huh? That um who evidently were missing for all those years. Hundreds of teeth or thousands of teeth, they said, and bones. That's crazy. I don't know yeah. how we, I don't know we don't know about that, Jim. And Giant is is still working this and fighting because I guess what happened is that her mother was listed in the investigation as a prostitute, and uh, I'm sure, uh, and sure that's one of the reasons those people were soft and wore those high risk victims. Not a lot of people are going to look for them. Yeah, well, she might have been, but you know, her her doesn't matter. Her, doesn't give me my excuse to kill her. Her, her daughter is uh, is hoping to uh, to get some evidence that proves that she wasn't. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. It's crazy. Speaking of crazy. Let's move back down. We've had a little bit of crazy Florida in this episode, and we're we're going back to, to crazy Florida. Uh, a woman is accused of murder after allegedly 
<laughs> allegedly, like, why do we have to put allegedly? And I watched this video. I don't know where allegedly comes from in this video, but uh, opening fire during an argument inside a packed Uber. So uh, this woman named Natalie uh, Harrell uh, has remained in custody at the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center since July 2016. Isn't that where the crazy teacher is too? Maybe mm-hmm. she's uh, she's met the teacher in there. Um, she was ordered held without bond for second-degree murder uh, uh, in this July 23rd shooting death of a woman named Gladys Yvette Borsella. Uh, the fatal fight was caught on video and showed several people inside a rideshare vehicle as the pair began arguing and Harold allegedly opened fire. This is crazy. So if you, uh, I don't know if you guys have, I've watched the the video of this, but it's a packed car. So there's a guy in the front seat who I think is her uh, is her boyfriend. There's two rows, so it's a three row uh, vehicle. Uh, she is in the second row, and she's turned around facing the third row, screaming back and forth at this other woman who's in the third row. She lunges forward from the second row to the front row to grab something, a gun, then goes back into the second row and clearly on video shoots this uh, allegedly this other allegedly shoots. Yeah. I allegedly watched her pull the trigger and allegedly watched the bullet travel through that. The defense attorney would say it could be doctored or whatever. They'll prove it in court. Well, her, her attorney, William M. Norris is taking a rather interesting angle in her defense. So, Harold was uh, pregnant at the time of the shooting. I don't know if she knew she was pregnant at the time of the shooting. This happened in July. It's now February. I'm watching seven Woody. Months, I'm watching Woody seven move fingers. Yeah. I just seven. counted seven, y'all. Woody just man. counted seven. So, and she's eight months pregnant now. She, so she was only a month mm, pregnant. She probably didn't know. She, I mean, if she knew she was having a baby. She might not mm, have been might as have been, aggressive about pulling the trigger. But anyway, her, her her attorney is arguing that his client's unborn child um, and Harold should immediately be released from jail because the fetus quote has not been charged with a criminal offense. Oh, my God. So a what? petition for habeas corpus, a little bit of, uh, of of law school for everyone, which is, I guess, defined a bunch of different ways, but it's your fundamental constitutional right uh, to protection against unlawful imprisonment. So, right. so they are claiming that the unborn child is being unlawfully imprisoned. Yeah. So right. not that... You know, the whole allegedly part, that's sort of given way to, no, 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 no. This is about a fetus that has not been charged with a crime. That asshole should be disbarred for wasting the court's time with this stupid shit. That's the point the court seems to to be making. So uh, there's a lot of ridiculous back and forth here that uh, I won't torture our audience with any more. The the. Uh, the response to uh, uh, to the lawyer's uh, habeas corpus uh, attempt has uh, uh, has been uh, no, and uh, that uh, that they have uh, they have taken uh, the Harold, who is the alleged shooter, to at least four obstetrician appointments outside of the jail. She refused to attend a fifth. 
that she's been offered prenatal vitamins on a daily basis for months. She's refused the prenatal vitamins on more than one occasion, and as recently as January 16th. She's refused to allow nurses and medical providers to measure the fetal heart rate. She's had at least 11 medical visits since August, the response dates. Her last appointment was inside the jail on February 17th. So, I mean, that's a lot of documentation, a lot of, a lot of things that uh, would lead one to believe that the, uh, that the court is actually – and the jail is actually providing lots of care for, yeah, uh, for her fetus. So I don't know if this is somebody just trying to make it back in the, uh, in the paper, but uh, don't think the fetus is going to uh, get released and uh, uh, you know, don't know – I uh, don't know that they could release the fetus without uh, releasing the the mom. Well, they, they're going to release it at nine months and however many days. And yes. They give her an hour with it, and they're going to take it and put it into a family member or foster care like all other babies that are born in prison because that shit happens, y'all. Um, pretty stupid. That lawyer is stupid, but let me tell you, my wife hates that word, but let me tell you. So well, you're going to get to it. No, you're, no, this is not stupider. This, this is the, the this stupidest. is our most important story. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you the absolute most important story today. Um, <laughs> Mary Latoya Cantrell is a dumbass. Okay, y'all. <laughs> we were talking about her on before the Mardi Gras. That would be and, New Orleans. And now this made. is the head of the New Orleans, the whole New Orleans City. metropolitan area. She's the head. Y'all voted her in. Mike, did you vote for her? No, I wasn't oh, here yet, I don't oh, think. Okay, she well, if you vote for her again, we're going to have an issue. We're going to go fisticuffs. Y'all, as tradition, uh, um, on, on Lundy Grawl, they the mayor sits in front of City Hall, uh, you know, call it Town Hall, City Hall, and they toast the kings and queens of the parades on the route. Mayor LaToya Contrell <laughs> was doing it. Actually, it was it was on Saturday, so she would have been doing it for uh, um, the crew Tux. of the Tux, right? Crew of Tux Parade, and her highly esteemed proper mayor was captured on video outside the the historic gallery hall at a viewing stand, speaking into a microphone and giving a raised middle finger to what appears to be people on one of the passing floats. We love you. God bless you. I'll see you. Happy Mardi Gras. Enjoy the ride. So glad your ride was good. Love you, Contrell, can be heard saying in the video immediately for flipping the bird at the people on the float. Is well, that- it's, it's, really, it's really loud, right? So, yeah. I mean, if she yelled, fuck you, they might not have heard her. Right, so. right. The, right the, everybody can see so that. So that's a universal language, enough. yeah. Universal yeah. language. So the um, course... Everybody has phones now. I mean, you've seen it, and everybody's hit me up with the video and everything else. And a classy mayor um, comes back in her own defense and says, well, you know what, Mardi Gras is a time for satire and jest um, and shit like that. And it was just a joke, and and, uh, I'm not really the classy, no trash whore that – I'm sorry. Could I say that about a mayor? Yeah, fuck her. She flipped off. Dude, if you're the mayor of Buttland, you don't flip off people. I would like to say I'm the mayor of Buttland, Buttland. and I have never flipped anybody off as the mayor. Anyway, y'all already know 
She's like, been under all kinds of scrutiny, accused of having an affair with a police officer that was assigned to her, and that guy was removed uh, <laughs> from his position on her detail following discoveries of problems with his pay. Cantrell denied the allegations, attributed them to sexism, and claimed they wouldn't have been made if she were a man. The officer's wife, however, claimed in a divorce petition that her husband admitted to the affair, and the local news channels independently verified that the unnamed woman in the petition was indeed the mayor. Now, her having, her banging one of her subordinates as protecting her and her flipping off the float riders and, you know, cutting the police force and everything else she's done whatever. I'm not going to New Orleans anytime soon <laughs> until they vote her ass out. They're working on it. Uh, I don't get it. Well, and in, in speaking of New Orleans, uh, obviously during Mardi Gras, that's uh, a big opportunity for those that want to commit crime. And uh, sadly, there was a shooting Sunday night along a Mardi Gras parade route. As a matter of fact, it was Bacchus, yep. one of the, uh, the biggest, most popular, if not the most popular. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, at 9.30 p.m. local time at the intersection of St. Charles Avenue and Shore Street, a spokesperson for the NOPD uh, said that three men and two women – were shot, one of them being a young girl. The victims were all transported to the hospital. Uh, the girl and all but one of the victims was in stable condition. The remaining victim, one of the men, was actually pronounced dead. Now, so eventually a man was arrested for that. His name was Mansour, and I'm going to spell his last name, M-B-O-D-J. He's 21. Uh, he was actually arrested and accused of opening fire in the crowd at the Bacchus Parade, killing one person, wounding four others. His bond is actually set at $1 million. Now, the recommended bond for this from the uh, public defender was 500000 The judge said no. He's getting a million-dollar bond. Uh, I have to believe that some of this is, look— you start shooting five people, four people, whatever it is, in New Orleans uh, during Mardi Gras. That's gonna that's gonna affect tourism. Sure. And I think they're wanting to send a message that you don't need to be shooting at the Bacchus Parade, or you're not getting out of jail. I, I agree, but um, to be a, an effective deterrent, it would have to be swift and certain, which that was. But the next one that shoots at Bacchus or wherever going to shoot at is not going to stop and think. Mm. Uh, they're going to raise my bond from 500000 to a million if I pull this trigger. They don't give a damn about the bond. They can't make it anyway. Right. Uh, well, in what basically officers are saying happened, an officer heard about a dozen shots and saw a man later identified as the assailant running down St. Charles Avenue. She pointed her gun at him, told him to get on the ground, and handcuffed him. And so a million-dollar bond for that guy, uh, they actually doubled what the prosecutor was recommending, and I think that is to send a message. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, what I was seeing on the uh, TV uh, news reports was that, obviously that case uh, notwithstanding, they uh, 
there was reduced crime this Mardi Gras versus others, and it's attendance up and crime down. So I think they're uh, maybe that's just PR spin, but uh, I think they're going to get a uh, pretty good report out of uh, uh, out of here. First of all, the weather was gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, it was just right. beautiful weather. Uh, people having a blast and uh, for the most part, a really peaceful, fun uh, experience other than obviously yeah, if you about, were in that area during, getting, during Bacchus. But. The, uh, the people that got murdered, but we told y'all on last week's episode that shit was going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, I mean, it's our, horrible, not just unfortunate. It really is. Our hearts go out to all those uh, who were just down there to celebrate Mardi Gras and end up getting shot. So we got some breaking news last night, and of course we bring you breaking news here at Real Life Real Crime Daily, and today is no exception. Uh, a gunman has killed three, including a child and a news reporter. And this story is rather strange, y'all. This comes out of Orange County, Florida. Another Florida story. Another Florida story. A man fatally shot a 20-year-old woman on Wednesday morning. In Orange County, Florida, he returned to the scene later that day, went on a shooting spree, killed a TV news reporter who had been covering the original homicide and a nine-year-old at a nearby home. The gunman has been identified as Keith Melvin Moses, 19, and he also shot two other people in Pine Hills, Florida. Crazy. Yeah, the mother... uh, of the nine-year-old and photographer who worked with the TV news reporter at Spectrum News in Orlando were both shot, and they were both in critical condition on Wednesday night. Now, Mr. Moses was in custody by Wednesday evening and charged with one count of murder in connection with the killing of the 20-year-old, and, of course, additional charges are expected. Now, it's unclear why the five victims were shot, uh, the 20-year-old was an acquaintance of the gunman. However, they can't find any motive for the other people that he shot. Only the 20-year-old did he have any sort of relationship with that they've been able to discover so far. So we're going to stay on top of this. Really strange story in that he left the scene and then, you know, uh, assumingly could have got away, came back, shot a 9-year-old and, and <clears throat> others. Left the scene and saw the news report live and went back and did it. Bad yeah. day in Florida. That's it. That's oh, actually. Man. And probably the 9-year-old called a stray bullet. Yeah, and 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 I'll tell you what. That's he, why they haven't charged him yet with that murder because they're going to ID the bullet back to the weapon that he had that he used. That's that's correct. And and how to put the timeline into perspective here, folks, and how he could have presumably gotten away with it was at eleven o'clock. The original shooting took place. Right. He returned at four o'clock p.m. Right. And that's when he started shooting again. And I guarantee you they've got that on video. The news reporter before they got killed, murdered, got it on video. Yeah, so we'll keep you updated on it. That was some breaking news that is still, uh, you know, still in its infancy stages. And, and they're still finding out information really by the, the hour on that one. It's crazy. I don't know if we break news. I think we more like sprain it. Yeah, sprain it. <laughs> sprain. I think we sprain. Well, we sprung that sprained we, we might tear it like an ACL or something. Yeah, we could tear it. Yeah. We, we, sprain, we need sprain. to come up with, uh, another term? with something there. Well, if you've been with us since the beginning, mm-hmm. so I think it was I the have. very first. Well, what you've been with, and Jim, you've been with us since the beginning too. <laughs> I think that first <laughs> week, that first week, 
we covered the story about the dad whose daughter was going to Sarah Lawrence College, and he basically turned her dormitory into a brothel and was making all of this money converting students into uh, a life of, of, of prostitution. Well, he, he turned one of those victims into his assistant, his consigliere, for lack of a, a, a better uh, term, and she has uh, been sentenced to 54 months in prison based upon the role. So if, uh, if you remember back, and, and this is such a baffling uh, case because I just don't know how a middle-aged guy comes in and takes control of a college dormitory, but a New York woman named Isabella Pollock, that is her name, she became a co-conspirator with Lawrence Ray, that's the guy's name who started the sex cult out of his daughter's dorm at the prestigious Sarah Lawrence College. Uh, she was sentenced to 54 months, as I said, in federal prison. Lawrence Ray's scheme began way back in 2010. So this thing had been going on for years and years. So back in 2010, he moved into his daughter's on-campus dorm room while she was a sophomore. He began giving, quote, unquote, therapy sessions to his daughter's roommates to, quote, help them with psychological problems. During the sessions, Ray laid the groundwork, groundwork for psychological conditioning that would eventually mm. lead a bunch of them uh, into sexual exploitation, verbal and physical abuse, extortion, forced labor, prostitution. Uh, you've, uh, you've, you've heard about it all. Crazy. When – when classes ended that second semester, which was now 2011, several of Ray's daughter's roommates moved in with him into a separate apartment off campus. During that summer, the roommates began to introduce Ray to some of their other friends. So they played a, a big role in allowing him to expand his, uh, his empire. And, uh, and some of those, uh, Girls who helped eventually uh, began spending more time at the apartment themselves and eventually became victims themselves. So Isabella Pollock, who's now 31 years of age, became the trusted enforcer, consigliere to Ray, helping him manipulate his daughter's friends at Sarah Lawrence, these other uh, girls that, uh, that they would get introduced to. She pleaded guilty in September to one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. And she was sentenced in U.S. District Court uh, in the Southern District of New York. She's got to report to federal prison in about two months. She'd previously been charged with one count each of extortion, conspiracy, sex trafficking, conspiracy, racketeering, conspiracy, and money laundering. I mean, it sounds like Going back to our our mob episode, our, our mob lessons uh, while we were doing the uh, the Lufthansa heist story, that this guy Ray basically created a criminal organization that was a metaphorical mob, and she was holding down the consigliere role within that uh, within that mob. As far as as far as Ray goes. Prosecutors said he isolated his victims from their families, extorted approximately a million dollars from at least five of them. That's five million dollars right there. Forced certain victims to perform unpaid labor and caused at least one victim to engage in commercial sexual acts. In one instance, he tied one of the victims to a chair, covered her head with a plastic bag, nearly suffocated her before making her give more than five hundred thousand dollars she'd earned in 
forced prostitution. So uh, ugly story that has now run uh, well over a decade in length, and Pollock is now headed to federal prison. Pollock's lawyers, in a letter to the federal judge before she was sentenced, said that Ray preyed upon her, that she was young, she was impressionable, he brainwashed her. If it were not for Ray's presence at Sarah Lawrence, that Isabella would not be here today. That certainly seems uh, reasonable that she wouldn't be. She does not deserve jail time, the letter said. Her lawyer said that once Ray moved himself into their campus apartment, he became a domineering and manipulative monster, that Ray groomed Isabella, at first by listening and paying attention to her. Ray then became her lover and convinced her of the need to explore her sexuality. Isabella did whatever Ray directed her to do. And that is what uh, his final uh, sentence in the letter was, he exercised complete control over her. Despite the plea from her attorneys, uh, she is not getting anything softer than the 56 months in federal prison that they are giving her. I don't know that there's anything nice to say at the end of this story. No, no. That's it. We'll keep you updated like uh, we always uh, do. Uh, and, you know, takes all kinds to make the world go around. The dude evidently was a master manipulator, but he grew the organization so big, he had to get this little chick to be his underling because pimping ain't easy. That's right. So we've had a lot of messages, uh, on our Facebook page through Real Life for a Crime primarily. Yeah. Uh, and people have been asking us to kind of look into the Tyler Doyle case. Uh, and for those of you that may not be familiar, this is a missing boater out of South Carolina. He's actually been missing. I believe this is the 27th day that he's been missing. And I'm going to give you a little bit of the details. Uh, Tyler and a friend, they were putting out duck decoys in the marsh of South Carolina. Uh, Tyler brings a friend. He drops him off in a specific area, and then he moves away in the boat, and he was going to put out more decoys and kind of scout the area. Now, shortly afterwards, Tyler calls his friend, and he basically says uh, the boat was having mechanical issues. He couldn't get the motor running, and it was taking on water. So the friend turns around, he calls 911, uh, a fire rescue boat was dispatched to the scene, and it actually arrived on the scene in about nine minutes. By the time it arrived, only a foot of the boat was showing above water, The it was motored down, so it was pointing almost straight up, imagine it like bobbing out there with only a foot of the front of that boat sticking out over water. Uh, the water temperature that day was 50 degrees, and the air temperature was 39, so it was yeah. cold. Not only that, uh, there was a, a small craft advisory, so they had some rough conditions out there for right. boating to begin with. Uh, some people have thought there might be something to this. I will say that uh, we've kind of looked it over, uh, and uh, to me – it, it doesn't appear – it appears to be a boating accident. Uh, I did. I've got so much experience in this area, right? Yeah. In the boats and everything. One time I had five boats in my yard. My wife's like, you got to get rid of one of them, right? But I have sunk many boats. Uh, 
one of my boats I sunk it at least three times is small fishing skiff. And so you talk about the the just the top point out of the water. I get that. But when it's small craft advisors, which means it's waves, the wind's blowing your nose is probably running faster. You can lick it. It's cold. It's in the 30s and the water's in the 50s. At some point, even though you call for help, you're out there. You don't know how long it's going to take. He probably saw some land or something, went to swim for it, and succumbed to the, the cold temperatures of water. problem with that is any tidal water area, like where you go duck hunting, you're going to have currents. And the move, uh, current ebbs and Wayne's and all that good shit, uh, sometimes stronger than others. And I've drug, I can't tell you how many bodies I've drug out of these rivers and these swamps down here, right? And and they're never where they go down at because the further you go down, the stronger the current runs. So who knows? But I have prayers for his family. Um, yeah, I, do, I don't terrible. Think, I don't see any foul play or anything that would indicate there's no motive. I mean, there's. I mean, it's not like somebody's claiming insurance policies. I'm sure all that's being looked at. But 50-degree water, it'll probably take 30 days before he pops up. Well, okay. Yeah. And it's just Experi- an awful situation. Experienced boater, right? He's out doing yeah, yeah. The, He's duck hunting. ducks. Yeah. So Communicating with a friend, you know. Has an idea it's that cold, knows you're not going to last long in water that cold. I, well, I it, well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He would have swam for it, right? Well, or first move, put on a life jacket. Well, that's – well, that – and I'm a swim, someone who isn't me, to tell you that I'm, you know, I'm a lifetime diver and everything else, and I know I'm supposed to wear a life jacket ship in a situation like this. I can tell you only one time in all my years of boating that I put on a life jacket. I was in Lake Marlpaul, and the storms come up real fast out there, and the, the, the lake's only 18 feet deep, and those waves got like nine feet, and I thought I was going to die, so I put on a life jacket. But it was summertime. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he didn't have his life jacket. A lot of times, I'm mean, going to be honest with you, but my small fishing boat, I can run it in, in the pitch black from my house on the island. There's no camps or anything down in the swamp where I'm going, and I, I never wore it. Well, and I, and I never I, even had a life jacket, to be honest with you. I don't know what the Florida law is on that, but in Louisiana, if you're fishing, for example, if you're running your boat, you've got to have your jacket on, but if you're, no, every, you if you're anchored down, you can – you can take your jacket off. Yeah, but also the two. You just have to have it in the boat. Well, the kill switch wouldn't even matter because his boat was sunk. But uh, I don't know. It wasn't even running. He had talked right, right. He talked to his friends, so he logically knew help yeah. was on the way. Well, that's not true because you can call 911. They say we're on our way. Uh, if Technically, if you call 911, 911 should have kept him on the phone until – he said, fuck this, I'm going to swim forward or whatever. Yeah, so but it was his friend yeah. who called 911, though, uh, not him. So I don't know. It was unclear. Had, it was yeah. unclear. And but it must not have been him or they would have kept him on the phone. Yeah, yeah. But it was his friend. I'm just thinking, what would I do in that situation? Water that cold? I put. I, I think somebody's I, on the way. I put a life jacket on, if you try and, and, and stay on. You know, I don't know how deep the water was, but if yeah. the engine submerged in the front of the boat – is above water. That doesn't mean it's pretty that, shallow. No, no, it doesn't mean it's in, in shallow water. It means it's going down. The uh, the so on the front of the boat, so you have the air pocket. I know this because the yeah. one boat I sink three times. It doesn't matter how deep the water is; it'll stay up for a little while till that last air pocket yeah. pops out. Yeah, they were there in nine minutes after the call, so it, it 
probably didn't have time. I don't know, but at, at the end of the day, and it, it probably been Woody Overton. Oh shit, moment! I don't have a life jacket, but I'm gonna swim for it because I can make it, and mm-hmm. I didn't make it. And cold water will slow your heart rate down. Yeah, instantly. But actually, diving in, getting that cold water that that cold will take your breath away. Yeah, you, you might dive you in, minutes. but you're not even might not even have a minute. You might dive in, and it takes your breath away, and you automatically drown. Yeah, awful so, situation. Hearts go prayer for me, y'all. I hope that that at this point that it is is just an accident and um there's nothing no foul play involved there you go no matter how small your boat yeah have yeah, a life preserves don't have do a what flare. i used to do yeah uh i mean that would have been helpful if he could have fired off a flare and put a life jacket on but um let's hope there's maybe some yeah, kind of a life jacket strange. at least they found his body yeah what do you want to I just want Take to us home. I have to say, I'm blessed to be here with you boys. Yeah, this was a fun one. Yeah. The Ron People Jeremy. Be, what did y'all think of the Ron Jeremy? I, I, I'm blessed. He didn't talk him out about. I'm scarred the hedgehog. You got to go look it up. <laughs> I know hedgehog. y'all are looking it up. You got to comment. <laughs> and look up the new picks, y'all. You got to look it up. I, I, <laughs> You'll understand why he's in top 50 ever. Right now, there's stocks. some porn producer scheming about doing a film from a mental institute. With right. You know, with a retired porn hey, star who's now crazy on the loose. I don't care how old he can get. That shit ain't getting that much smaller. They might could do like some geriatric porn or something with, him with a uh, crazy Yeah, but he guy. might not be able to get blood to the end of it. You know, there's circulation at some point. They make pills or pumps for that, don't they? Oh, God. And they're, not probably, they're probably not prioritizing his. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, if you want to um, advertise with Real Life Real Crime Daily and you're a, uh, what do they call them? Erectile Dysfunction Company. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Cialis. Like that, Viagra. Cialis. We could just use my brand. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and I and we do want to say before we get out of here, we have a new Facebook page. It's Real Life Real Crime Daily. You just search that on Facebook. It'll pop it up. Uh, it's going to be very active. And everything we talk about, we're going to post, uh, we're going to post little snippets that you'll really enjoy on Facebook. Might be pictures that we reference, videos we reference, whatever. Yeah, I'm minus say, Ron Jeremy. Sorry, I want to say because we're gonna make um, you look for that. Remiss on this. Stay tuned for some real life, real crime daily announcements. They're gonna be coming like next week, yeah. maybe next Friday's episode. They're huge, y'all. Y'all, we love y'all. Y'all are supporting us. Our numbers are don't lie. Yeah. Um, who knew, y'all? Two months ago, almost two months ago, we'd have the success we're having. That's right. right. So stay tuned for big announcements coming, and you get to hear it then. Mike looks bewildered. (laughs) He's taking it all in. What could this announcement be? (laughs) Oh, shit. We'll tell you after the show. All right, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily, peace. Shut business.